Welcome to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you are ready to find your inner magic, develop great habits, and a rock steady mindset to feel confident, comfortable, and fit in your body, you are in the right place. I am Kim Barnes Jefferson, and I'll be giving you weekly doses of health, fitness, and life tips sprinkled with humor and real talk. If you're ready to be consistent without the stress of perfection, magic makers, it's time to slip into your favorite pair of PJs, grab some coffee, kick back, and listen to today's show. Hey, Magic Makers, I had the amazing opportunity to speak with my good friend, Miss Julie Costa, and we talked all about hypnosis. And as hypnosis has really fascinated me because as you'll hear in our conversation, it is not about, you know, I think it was a watch that they made you follow the watch and then drift off and then you would bark like a dog. It is nothing about that. In her practice, it's really about helping you move past some of the blocks that you didn't even know that were keeping you from your success. You know, we talked about them in all areas of your life. You know, you know, weight loss is my jam. There's, it could be something that could be stopping you from losing the weight. It could be something that's keeping you from building the business that you want. It could be something that's keeping you stuck in the job that you hate. Whatever it is, and you know, we talked a lot about getting to the root cause because it's our subconscious that's really keeping us from playing full out in our life. I don't want to give too much away about this conversation, but I was just really excited because there's, if it fed into the things that I always share with you, you know, the the better we get to know ourselves, the more we're able to ask ourselves better questions, the more we're able to tap into that area of our life that can really help us propel ourselves forward. So if you've ever been curious about hypnosis, now is the opportunity for you to have a quick listen to my conversation with Miss Julie Costa. Hey, Magic Makers, another iTunes review of the week. We have it from Deb, R-O-B-R, 33-A-N-T. She says, Kim is so lively and interesting to listen to. She makes healthy living easy by giving so much good quality information that is doable. There isn't a subject she doesn't explore around mind and body always a great listen. Oh, that's exactly why I started the podcast. And that's exactly why I continue to do the podcast. And I'm always wide open to any of you sharing any topics that you want to hear, have me get, have a guest on. You know, I wrote something three years ago, there was about 70 different topics and I am shockingly blowing through them all. So at any point you want to listen to something, have a guest expert, please let me know. Reach out to me on the socials. You can find it here in the show notes. And as always, thank you so much for that awesome review. All right, magic makers. I've been fascinated about this topic for a while. And so I was like, I got to talk about it. But also because of my good friend, Miss Julie Costa, this is her jam. And so we need to jam with her because I love that she explains. Okay, what am I talking about? We're talking about hypnosis. She talks about hypnosis in a very approachable way. It's not one of these like woo wee woo, hairy fairy things. It's very approachable. And I love her approach to it. And I think for many of us, and we were talking about this before I press record, many of us get caught up into this is just what I do. And we don't really think about why we do it. It's just, you know, 
know, I'm doing my do. And that's how I how I work, how I roll. So welcome to the show, Miss Julie Costa. Yay, I'm so excited to be here. This is fun. This is gonna be fun. It is gonna be fun. And you know, we were talking, uh, uh, talking before we press record, and I want to bring the people into it. So I was saying that and you were having this conversation with your clients is that I don't even know what the percentage and you know, more than I do, like, I'd say about 80% of our daily activity is just what we do. Like, we don't even think about it. Like we're driving in the car. And then all of a sudden, we're like, Oh, crap, I'm in my driveway. And we're like, like, what happened? Like, somehow, I didn't hit anybody, I didn't hit anything. And I am here in my driveway. And most of us don't even think about that. Or, you know, I put my cream before the sugar. I don't know how that happens. But like, next, thing you know, I'm drinking a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's it's subconsciously ingrained because it's something you've done repeatedly over time, like rep- repetition. One fa- fun fact I will share, because I was literally just teaching on this last night, is... Are you struggling with belly fat no matter what you do? You feel like the belly fat just came on overnight and it just won't bud. You are sick of feeling like you're doing everything wrong when it comes to losing the belly fat. You've tried every diet, every workout out there, and nothing seems to get it to budge. I hear you. That was me. That's why I created Cracking the Belly Fat Code. In this workshop, I will teach you to create a routine about with your food and your workout that will work with your schedule and your belly fat, finally putting you on the path to kissing belly fat goodbye. So if you're ready to find a food and workout program that leaves you feeling satisfied and getting rid of that belly fat, make sure you hop on the wait list. This is coming later this spring, and I want to make sure you're the first person to know all about it. Grab the link in my show notes. Um, Like what we consider our reality, like our current reality, what we're in, because I, I just find this fascinating. At any given second, you, me, any of us, we're taking in 2.3 million bits of data per second through all of our senses, through all of our senses, subconsciously, subconsciously. But then that information is obviously way too much for your conscious mind to hold. So it goes through all these filters, but it goes through filters based off of um, things like your values, your identity, your beliefs, like stuff like that. And then presents to you consciously 126 bits of information every single second. So you have 2.3 million bits of information coming through you subconsciously any given second, but consciously you're only aware of 126, which is still too much for your conscious mind to hold. Oh yeah. So it was funny just teaching about it last night because people are like, wait, oh my God. So I was like, yeah, if you change your filters of like how you filter information, you'll always come up with a different reality. It's kind of wild, kind of wild. Yeah. And and it's funny because it's like, I also think of like one of the main reasons why I work with a coach, many reasons why you work with coaches, because I know I can't see the trees for the forest. Mm-hmm. Yep. And someone else will come in with a different perspective and they'll be like, that's a maple tree right there. And you're like a maple tree. And you're just like, what? Like, I can't believe I never saw that maple tree. And it's been there the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it's also like your version of reality is going to be different than someone else's version of right and like your model of the world based on how you were raised again is going to be different than someone else's model of the world where like maybe somebody was brought up to like look at trees and like no trees and it's like we just were not like not noticing right it's really it's really fascinating and it's funny that you bring up like how we were raised and uh 
a few weeks ago, I, I did a whole podcast on perfectionism and the psychologist that I was talking with, she said the same thing. She's like, so many of the things that are so ingrained in us have been things that, you know, even before we were conscious of our parents or our family of origin, just things that just, this is how it was done. Yeah. And we never really like broke it out of like, wait, this is because I was taught that this is how certain things happen. Yeah. So that's your imprinting years from like zero to seven years old. Your conscious mind hasn't formed yet. So you're taking everything in subconsciously. And a lot of times you're thinking, well, this is just the way it is. Or like this yeah. is true. And like on maybe subconsciously, like someone you were watching as you grew up, like put the cream before the sugar and the coffee. Do you know what right. I mean? Right. And that's what you yeah. do now. Yeah. So it's like the seven, the zero to seven years old mark, the imprinting years is like actually like a really important time because you're taking in everything subconsciously. And it's funny because it's like, as you, as you think back, like, so, you know, I have no children. So I'm, if, so caveat. Same. So, say, so like say from like zero to one, your kid is just like watching and just like taking in every little thing and just trying to figure out like, what just happened? I was in a dark little place and now there's there's noise and people and so forth. And so it's really interesting to just think about like, wow, what is your kid actually mm-hmm. like taking in from just watching your random life? Yeah. And some people get afraid of that, honestly. Like this came up last night. People get afraid of that and they're like, oh my God, like every waking thing that I do, like, what if I'm setting them up for a failure? And I was like, oh, not. like it's just, it's a way of life and it's like, it's fine. And there's different things you can do moving forward. Like I think an example that came up last night, cause we were just talking about um, these different beliefs and how her son can have, can kind of just like go off and misbehave. Right. And instead right. of coming from the place of like, what's wrong with you? she was like, oh my God. She's like, my mind's blown. I'm just going to come from a different place of like, what do you need right now? Not what's wrong with you so that he doesn't subconsciously, you know, start moving forward with like, well, something's wrong with me. Right, right, right. Because it's like acting out doesn't necessarily mean there's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe there is a problem. So it's like, it could be A or B. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's just fascinating, but there's like no way we can prevent a lot of things. So I, like I was sharing people yesterday, I'm like, don't tippy toe on things, you know, oh. on eggshells, like just live your life. You'll just be right. more mindful of certain things now moving forward. That's all. That's all. And that's true. Cause it's like, I always feel that, you know, we, I do fitness. So I feel like in the fitness space, we take in all of this information that I should be having this supplement and this and this and this and this. And you like take in these 50 million things and you get so overwhelmed. And you're like, well, if I can't do all 50, I shouldn't do any of it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Cause it's like an all or nothing mindset. Right. It's right. Overwhelming. It's very overwhelming. And it's, you know, and when you were fitness, you and I are very similar where it's like, do what you can do. Right. Yeah. Cause it's like, if I try to take in, even in this, like, uh, subconscious way if I start being like every little thing that I say every story I tell it's gonna be the energy like no 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 like now you're just gonna be like paralyzed it's yeah well, you're gonna stop yourself from moving forward like it's just it's right. overload it's too much yeah and it's like you know let's be honest your kids are always gonna have some shit about you like <laughs> regardless of how you know how enlightened you are there's always gonna be something that your kids gonna bring up 20 years later and says remember when I was 10 and you're gonna be like what 
Oh, yeah. that? Absolutely. Even if it's like the best upbringing, there's always going to be like, there's going to be something. There's always going to be something. So it's like, you know, if you could do your best to avoid the blatant yeah. some things, yeah. but every, there's always going to be, there's, you can't please everybody, even no, your kids. Oh no. And you just do your best. That's all you do. You do your best. Right. So how did you, you know, come to, for first, let me just, let's sit back up. So you do hypnosis, EFT, and then NLP. Yes. Yep. So yeah, NLP, EFT, uh, hypno, big focus on hypnosis. Um, and then some other like subconscious reprogramming stuff. Like I do something called timeline therapy too, which is right. awesome. Yeah. So let's, for those people who are like, I just rattled off a whole bunch of um, vocabulary lessons for them. Let's just like break down the vocabulary so that we can go deeper and everyone's like coming along on the ride. So hypnosis like most people think of like you know it's a party trick and you know yeah. you wave a watch and then next thing you know I'm, I'm barking like a dog yes that's usually my very first question is like what have you heard about hypnosis and that's usually it right right um if you grew up in the boston area there was an r-rated hypnotist frank santos and i think oh like, my god <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i went to him a couple of times so i think like a lot of people remember him but Here's the thing with hypnosis. It's not any of that. It's not mind control. It's not making you do something you want to do. Because at the end of the day, your so there's two parts of your mind. There's your conscious, which is like the overthinking, like analytical, logical. It's always working. And then there's your subconscious mind. And so in hypnosis, we work with your subconscious mind. But the good news is your subconscious mind is highly moral and highly ethical. And it would never take anything on. Like, let's say for hypothetically in a hypnosis, I was like, yeah, you're going to bark like a dog every time you hear the word money. Mm -hmm. If your subconscious mind's not aligned with that, it's just going to dismiss it. So there's no way you could be made th to do things against, against your will. All hypnosis is in a nutshell is getting you to a very relaxed state because we need to relax the body in order to relax the mind. It's getting you to a super relaxed state so that your like overthinking, analytical, logical mind quiets down so that we can work with your subconscious. And then through that, we're just installing like new empowering beliefs, new suggestions to support the life you want, the business you want, the goals you want to achieve. And I like that. Yeah. Cause it's like, if you think about it, so many of us are so like hyper aware of things. And so mm -hmm. we want to get it right. Yeah. And so, but by doing hypnosis, it, it kind of says, okay, ego, stop trying to protect and yeah. just, you sit, you sit over there, take a time out and let me talk to the person who's really driving the bus. Yeah. We're getting your ego out of the way. Absolutely. Cause I, am. Um... When it comes to like goals too, I'll always say your conscious mind is the goal setter. So it'll yeah. say, yeah, I want to lose weight. Yeah, I want to make more money. But your subconscious mind is the goal getter. It's the one that's going to allow you or deny you to actually get it. Right. Because your subconscious mind will be like, well, here here are all the things that we got to get through in order to lose the weight. Mm -hmm. And then your ego is like, just bust through that. And your yeah. subconscious is like, We've bust through that before and we fell on our ass. So we shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. And you actually brought up a really good point too. With it saying like, we shouldn't do that. Your subconscious mind, it's number one function is to keep you safe. So if it, yeah. something is not safe, it's not going to allow you to go there. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. That's his number one job. So that's it. That's hypnosis in a nutshell. 
Okay. So then you talked about uh, EFT. Yeah. So EFT. So I don't focus on that a lot. Sometimes I'll do a client's. So it's a, it stands for emotional freedom technique. And what most people know it as is tapping. Yep. You're tapping on like different meridian points in your body from like your head to your eyebrow, side of your eye. Um, and what that does, it's almost like a jolt to the system where you're repeating a couple of different things of like how you're feeling. So let's say if it was like, I'm not feeling good in my body or like at my current weight, you're like tapping on these spots, you're feeling into it, you're getting out how you're feeling. Um, but then you start reframing everything with like positive affirmations and like positive thoughts. And by tapping on the different meridian points, uh, in your body, you actually are like shifting the energy and your state and how you feel. Right. So does EFT also kind of short circuit your ego to be able to get into that subconscious mind as well? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And do you find that you know, some people respond better to EFT style versus hypno hypnosis style. That's a good question. Um, I don't know if I can say I've seen a difference because my focus is primarily hypnosis mm-hmm. where I'll, da- I'll dabble in some things with clients. Like if they're really right. stuck on like a limiting belief, I'll, I'll bring in tapping and right. we'll do that and it'll help. Um, but usually I'll stick with hypnosis. It's funny because there's no like cookie cutter way, right? It's like pulling out the modality you think will work right. for someone. Yeah, agreed. Because I just wasn't sure, like, you know, like I, I, so I was trying to put it in a box, like for some people, meditation is just too much to like do meditation, yeah. but their breath work is more accessible for them. Yeah. So just trying to figure out like, you know, is it something more like that? Um, well, actually- or- you brought up a good point because, you know, the benefit of tapping, like, let's say you got like road rage and you're on the road. Uh, tapping true. Car. Yeah, and that could help you in that. You could help you in that moment. So like with hypnosis, ultimately you want to, yeah, like lay down rest. It's more of a ride. quieter. Yeah. But tapping you could do anywhere. And we're uh, both, both uh, Julie and I both live in the Boston area. And right before our call, I was saying I was on this highway that's notorious for like, even in the middle of the day, there's like always traffic. And you're like, where are you all going? It's 11 o'clock in the morning on a Thursday. Yeah. And that could be a time where you could be like, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yep. getting through this. Just tap. And I went to the hospital, like the ER in December, and I was tapping because I was like nervous and I was anxious. And so I yeah. was tapping there. So, I think it's, um, I would say that tool is more like location dependent too. Yeah. 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 Um, and then the other thing we talked about was, um, NLP. Yeah. So NLP, neuro linguistic programming, it's basically how we consistently communicate with our mind to get the results that we want, specifically the subconscious mind and with NLP, there's a lot of different practices, like a, di- a lot of different modalities I can do with people. I, I mean, I'd say the bulk of it starts with just language, like language in general, yeah. you know, like um, specific questions to help coach people. But then there's modalities you can do in like five, 10 minutes. Um, well, actually, one of them is really cool. Uh, where like, let's say somebody's eating cookies. It's it's a food they like, but they want to dislike cookies. There's a modality that can help them dislike cookies. I just did it with a friend in peanut butter and she hasn't had peanut butter since. 
Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So there's like, there's things you can do like really, really quickly, which are considered more like NLP modalities. Right. It's, it's funny. Cause, um, there's a woman that I know that, um, she started doing uh, EFT because she was at a resort and they, the, a guy was talking about it and she's like, I can't stop eating ice cream. And she's like, I live in a, I live in a city where ice cream is year round. And it's so funny. Cause it's like, you don't think about it, but yeah, Boston ice cream is year round. Like most places Absolutely. like ice, most places, ice cream closes, you know, roughly Columbus day. And then they don't pick up again until like Memorial day. And, and there's an ice cream shop down the street from my house. <laughs> year round and there's always a line out the door and she's like it's year round and so he taught her to tap and now like she like only eats ice cream like a handful of times a year yeah it's wild it's wild pretty it's it's pretty interesting so what led you you know you've been in all sorts of industries like what like led you down this path of being like you know what like i really want to explore um the subconscious mind yeah so i never set out thinking that that's that's yeah. how it started. I was burnt out in my business. Uh, I just felt, and it honestly, it kind of led to like a mini depression. This was a couple of years ago, and I found this program. It had certifications, but I wasn't interested for the certifications. It was more the personal transformation that was mm. speaking to me. Um, and so at the time, I actually just joined a mastermind. I joined uh, Chris and Laurie's mastermind. And uh, I was like, okay, now's not the time to like join something else. So I waited, but then lo and behold, in their mastermind, you had, you got assigned a one-on-one coach and that one-on-one coach was the founder of that program. Oh, so that was like the universe being like, hey girl. It was like crazy. And I still was like, I'm the type that's like, "Mm, okay, like give me a sign of your sign. And so I was looking for more signs. And I got them and then I just decided to do it. I had no, I had no idea what I was getting myself into like at all. Um, and a lot of the time in my practitioner, practitioner training, I was like, I don't, I don't even know what's happening. Like, I don't even know what's going on. I graduated, I integrated. And then I was like, I kind of want more. So then I went for my right. master practitioner training. And then they offered at the end of that for the next level to be like trainers. So you could train people. And I was like, why would I do that? Like, why would I do that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then a couple months passed by and people started asking me about it. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm supposed to like teach and train other people. So then I, I signed up for my trainer. So I went through like the whole thing. I think there's just one more step, like a master trainer, but I don't, I'm no plans to do that. Never, right, right. never say never. Um, but it was just like the more information I continuously got, and seeing what it did for like my personal, my professional life, I was like, this is like, this is insane. I was like, more people need to know about this. Um, right. And although my training, I walked away with six different certifications, the hypnosis was the one that resonated with me the most. Yeah. So that's what I focused on. It, and it's funny, I, I, cause I find it fascinating because I think for so many people, our ego, especially in the weight loss space, our ego is so big and bold and just be like, if you're not doing these steps, then you suck. Oh, and, yeah. meanwhile, and meanwhile, your subconscious brain remembers certain things you did. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, we can take it to this level. Mm-hmm. And then we're nervous about the other side. Like we don't want to open the door because like we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And even like that whole time in like my first training, I felt 
talk about like my ego is in the way big time. I felt so stupid. And the mm-hmm. whole time I was like, what am I doing? You don't, you don't know anything. Like I like that's what would kept coming up for me because of things from my past subconsciously. Um, so that learning curve was it was like a big deal for me, like to go through the learning. But yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah, no, and, and it's like I feel like anything you do, like even in the weight loss space, you know, for years, um, and you and I both kind of started around the same level, like we were told eat five meals a day. It, this is, this is the way, like, if you don't eat five meals a day, like, Oh Lord. And now like research is showing like, yeah, yeah, well, I need to do that. And a lot of people are there, like they just program themselves. Like, this is what I need to do. And to like rewire that is like this huge, big thing. And so many of us are caught up into like, this is, it's my identity. Like, this is what I do. Yeah. And if I, you know, try to move them away from the five meals, it's like, I'm trying to take away their firstborn kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause it's so ingrained in them that that's what they should be. Yeah. Doing. It's hard. So, you know, so it's like, we see those, so see those patterns and are, are those some types of things that you can help people with, with like, I, I really want to lose the weight. I really want to create whatever new habit it is. But for some reason, I just keep like slamming the door on that yeah. opportunity. Yeah. And what typically comes up, especially with weight loss is, so let's say somebody comes to me for weight loss for hypnotherapy, which does not happen in one session. It's definitely a couple of sessions, right? right? Yeah. We're talking about years, if not decades of programming and conditioning. They'll come to me for weight loss, which is great. That's the behavior you want to change. Right. However, we can, we can change the behavior, but there's a root cause of the behavior. Yeah. If you don't change the root cause, another behavior is going to sh- going to show up. So right. my goal is to get to the root cause, which typically is a, I'm not worthy. I'm not mm. good enough. Like I'm not lovable. Like those are typically the root causes that right. lead to behaviors such as um, like emotional eating or, or something. Like yeah. That. Um, so it's getting down to that first. Uh, and so even when I work with people, we don't get to hypnosis until like the third or fourth session because right. there's some like, there's like a deep dive intake, but then there's a release of a lot of things we need yeah. to do beforehand. And, it, and, it, and, it, and it's funny because it's like, I think, you know, I always say that women in their forties, like we were the, the, like the first gen first line of diet culture, yeah. the first the first wave of, you know, every other week, there was a new insert the diet that you could try. And the first, I I believe, wave to really openly talk about weight loss, talk about like, what diet are you on? And everyone's like, Oh, I got to hear what diet you're on. Um, So it's a lot to unpack, because it's one that we were told you should be on a diet. Mm -hmm. So it's like, unprogramming like the should part but unprogramming like you said it could be that you know and I've seen it and you you were a weight loss coach for a while that someone in your family told you were fat yeah absolutely mm-hmm. or some you know um you and I both went to, went to a fitness camp and I remember this woman she was in her 50s at the time some kid called her fat on the playground in elementary school and, and she was holding on to that you know, 40 something years later that I don't even know if she remembered the guy's name. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time you don't remember like the exact details. You just remember that saying, you remember that one sentence. Right. Said to you. 
Yeah. Right. So it's either, you know, your parents always put you on a diet because, you know, they thought you should look a certain way or some kid on the playground said something to you and it just like got in there and it just like took hold. Yeah. I can't even remember the amount of diets. Like I was, I was talking with someone or like special K was like the big thing. Oh my God. Yeah. I've tried, I've done so many back. Well, the fun well, the one thing that I think is really interesting, so SlimFast, uh, everyone yeah. knows SlimFast. Yeah. And so they're showing like SlimFast commercials from like the 80s to like how they've evolved to now. And I laugh because I'm like, you haven't really evolved. Like your stuff was always tastes like freaking chalky shit. Yeah, I'm I sure it's still, I remember it still probably still tastes like chalky shit. Um, and then they're talking about like how they support keto and intermittent fasting. And I'm like, okay, so you're like, it's still like the same thing. Have those two shakes a day and you'll lose the weight. And I just think it's so funny how like, it's, you know, still trying to remain relevant. And it's been, you know, since the 80s, so So 30 plus years, 30 plus years is still trying to be relevant. It's amazing. Yeah. I feel like I've tried all of the things I did. I feel like I did try all of the things back in the day. Yeah. And it's, and I, you know, for a lot of my, most of my career, I was all about fitness competitors. And I, for many fitness competitors, their root cause was worthiness, right? Yes. It was like mm-hmm. worthiness, perfectionism that like, you know, you were praised that you would go to the gym and people be like, oh my God, you're disciplined. Your discipline is just amazing. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you love that praise. You're like, oh my God, I'm getting praised for like eating within an inch of my life. <laughs> And I, it's funny, I impacted this a couple of years ago. I got clear, like, I think the first reason I joined was it was like, I wanted to be seen. So like, right. right. Wanting to be seen stepping on stage. And then the second was because I was the type that didn't have like close friends growing up because I found my close friend circles were the ones like they were talking behind everyone's back. And I was like, I don't want to be a part of this. So I just had acquaintances. So then the second reason became, well, I wanted to fit in and I wanted to felt like I belonged. And I really did get that. Um, right. There. Like, I feel like that was the first real feeling of community. Yeah. And that's what, you know, I always tell people like, feel like, why did you keep repeat for so long? And I was like, it was just like, I finally felt like I was around people who like had my same drive. Yeah. And, you know, if I think about like, well, I've had my best friend since the eighth grade. And so she's still my best friend, but we have like, very, like our lives are on a very different track. And like, if she showed up with like, you know, a bloody knife, I'd get in the car and be like, what are we doing? Yeah. (laughs) We're still that kind of, she's still that friend. (laughs) But I felt like as like, I grew up and was like, became an adult, like I didn't have friends who had that like vision and drive. And so like, when I competed, just like you, like, like 15 years later, we're still friends because we're both like, here's a goal. I'm just marching towards it. Like get on, get on the bus or get off. Yeah. I don't talk to many people from high school, but I still talk to a lot of people we competed with. It was just, I, uh, it, I, it's, it's such, and it's funny because it's like you and I haven't like physically talked together, but I was like, I knew picking, this wasn't going to be weird. I'd be like, Hey, Julie, what's going on? How are you? How's the pop? Like it just would have been a total, like normal conversation. Um, but yeah, that's the one thing I always say to people about one of the reasons why I competed for so long is that. I was fortunate that I fell into a really solid community and we were yeah. a community. We were like, okay, like, yeah. get to, did you go to the gym? Like, did you like, and it was more about like checking in on each other versus competing against each other. 
Oh, the support, the accountability. Yeah. Like it, it was truly a true definition of support and community, like absolutely hands down. Right. And it's like, and I, you know, for me, it's like, if I went back to like my root cause of all of my crazy, still unpacking it, because I think it's like a steamer trunk of shit. You know, it was my, it was like my drive for perfection. Like, it was just like, and I was, you know, I think back and I'm like, mom, I'm not blaming you because that's how you are. You still are that way. And it's fine. But like, it was just like, you had to have your shit in a lot, like lined up. Like my mom was a single mom. Like, like she had to like have us all have our shit together because that was the only way we all were going to get out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the perfection piece and the strive for perfection makes so much sense with competition. Yeah. And it's like, and I look, I look back now and like, sometimes I'm just like, ah, it is what it is. And it took me so long to get to this, like, it is what it is place. And like, some people are like, I can't believe you're just so like, whatever. I'm like, oh no, (laughs) it's here. It's years of work. Mm -hmm. I'm the same way. Like, cause I have stuff with my dad. I'm the same way. It's been years of work, but it's been in the past couple of years where I've noticed the biggest shifts. Yeah. Yeah. Work, but it's work. But it's also like, you know, you also had to come to that awareness. Like, you know, you you were like, because it's like we get caught up in like, go, 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 go. And sometimes we see things like, you know, the doors open a crack and we see a light, but we're not ready to open the door because we're, you know, your subconscious is like, do you really want to go on that side of the wall? Yeah, You got to be ready. You have to be ready. And and I like that because it's like, you know, you raise awareness with your clients. I raise awareness with my clients. And it's it's a challenge because people want that quick fix, right? You know, they call you up and they're like, Julie, I want to stop eating peanut butter. And they expect by the end of, I don't know how long your session is, by the end of session one, they are like, you know, taking their teddies and throwing it out the window where yeah. you're like, and maybe for some people it is, but for other people, it's like, honey, you got like decades of shit to unpack before we get there and so it's not like you're trying to you know kick it down the rock you're just like the goal is to get to why you do it so that i we so that when you so that you now know what your trigger was yes and it's funny because i i did offer one-off hypnosis sessions in the beginning and there are people who had some like i had two people quit smoking with one session which is like pretty insane but now i don't offer one-on-one anymore because i i know the process and it helps to get to the root first so that there's no quick fix no and exactly and it's like you know usually if we have a one hit session I can probably give you one or two ahas Mm -hmm. but I know that as soon as life life's you are going to, your habits are going to take over. Your subconscious is going to be like, oh, this is too fucking hard. And I got to go back to doing whatever it is that you did. And um, I was, there was a, there's a basketball coach and she was giving this speech and she's like, she goes, everybody wants easy, but you know, easy is earned. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I just, like it went because she said it, because it's like, yeah, everyone's like, yeah, Kim, I can do this. I can do this. I can do it. Great. And I'm like, all right, let's call me in 30 days. Let mm-hmm. me see if you're doing it because all of a sudden, you know, ah, oh, the kid's schedule got busy or work got busy or whatever. And you slowly creep back to you. Yep. And it's just like, it's consistency over time. It's like the same mm. mundane, I don't want to say mundane, but I'm just going to use mundane. But the no, 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 use mund- mundane steps, right? That build up right. over time, especially when it comes to like fitness, nutrition, and weight loss, like, and health. Absolutely. But we want but to. I, I love- 
But I love how you use mundane because I was I was talking about this. I remember when Instagram stories first came out and they're like, document your day. And I was like, my day is freaking boring. I know. I'm right? Like I do. I'm like, I do the same shit every single day. And then the coach at the time I was working with, she's like, Kim, how many of your clients strive mm-hmm. to do the habits you have? Yeah. That you that, that you just think is boring. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And I always tell people, I'm like, I go, nutrition is boring. Like everyone wants the shiny object. And I was like, my salad every single day ain't shiny. It took me a long time to get to there, but it's not shiny. Yep. Or, yeah. it's or, just, or it's like all mundane. Small mundane, like variety. Like for a lot of people, variety is like when I say add a little variety to your nutrition, they think it's like every day, every meal has to be like Martha Stewart. That's too much. And I'm overwhelming. Right. Right. I'm not Martha Stewart and I have no aspirations to be her. Although I would want to meet Snoop Dogg. But other than that, <laughs> I have no aspirations. But I'm like, you know, varieties for me, I'm like one day it's spinach. Next week, it's arugula. Like that's variety for me. It's funny. I'm the same way because my meals throughout the week are pretty standard and the same because it's just easy. I'm like, right. I don't have the brain capacity to think of like, okay, like what's my lunch going to be every single different day? Like, and I'm actually, I'm actually very content eating the same thing throughout the week. And then knowing like on the weekends, like then I'll like spice it up and stuff like that. Or our dinners are different. Cause I'll like make us dinners, but yeah, I'm fine with the same thing every day right it's easy and it's like it's easy and it's like you know it helps my subconscious brain from all the shit i'm taking in you know like trust me i don't know how many people i follow on the tiktok that have amazing meals that will never fucking make it's too much it's too much i'm like that looks fabulous i'll never make that but but we save it right i i know i I, save everything i save it because i'm like one day yeah one i might i might make it but i'm like my salad is like it's the, I'm like, the only thing I change is the lettuce. Sometimes it's cabbage. Sometimes yep. it's red. Sometimes it's green. Yeah, I'm the same way too. And I like that. And I sometimes I think it's important to remind people of that because like you said, there can be that expectation of like, well, no, you need to switch it up every single day. And it's like, right. no, you can keep it the same and you'll be fine. Right. And so, you know, when people are are, are coming to you, is do you primarily have a, a set, thing you work with people on or is it pretty much any any block they're trying to work through yeah I think primarily it's business so like actually like business owners feeling like stalled in different places of their business <laughs> but I I mean I pretty much work with everybody it's just that's what I market online but then because a lot of people know me they'll reach out so like I am working with a woman right now on weight loss specifically emotional eating again I've done like quitting smoking um, biting fingernails, uh, help with study, like focus for an exam. Like it, it's been like such a mix of, of different things. Cause right. at the end of the day, it's like, like I was saying, like the behavior you're coming for, it's really not that at the end of the day, it's like, we're getting, we're really working on the thing that's triggering it. Right. And you know, it, and for a lot of people, it could be, you don't know. I mean, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So some people really do know it was the little kid on the on the playground that called them fat. And some people really don't know that it was that that just snowballed through the rest of your life. Yeah. And it's funny because in a first session, we will I'll have people like detail like, great, like what are the significant negative events that happened in your life? We don't like reassociate rehash, but it's like, great. How old were you? What happened? What emotion were you feeling? And that's just your conscious mind thinking of all the things because we're kind of just like brain dumping, getting everything out. 
But then in the next session, that timeline therapy, let's say like anger came up, we'll go back on your timeline to like a first event or experience where you felt anger and your Mm. subconscious will actually present the first time that you felt anger in order to like release that. You know, it's funny because like you're, you're saying like the go through like the traumatic and it's like, Ooh, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I would have to like sit for a while because yeah. it's like our, your like your ego or even your subconscious is like, you know what? We put that up in the attic and mm-hmm. we're not going to deal with that. But it's funny because because uh, that, that session is like an hour and a half because. Yeah. And it could be like small things or big things, right? Yeah. Not everybody will have like big, big things, but they'll start talking. And then the more you start saying things, it's a popcorn. Oh, my God. This happened when I was this year's old. Like. It's right. funny when you're in that space of thinking of all the things, uh, what comes up. Yeah. Or also just things that like, you've just always like hidden because of shame mm-hmm. that you're just like, um, do I talk about this? You know, it's funny. One of the questions I ask in the first session and it's towards the end, it's, um, what is something you can't tell somebody or something like, like, like what is something, yeah. you, what is something you've never been able to tell someone? And I don't ask it because I need to know. I ask it because once they say it, that automatically starts releasing shame on the back end. Yeah. And, you know, for those of you who haven't really followed um, Brene Brown, um, she does a whole amazing conversation around shame um, and just the things that, you know, many, and it doesn't have to be a big thing that we feel shame around. Um, you know, I, I know for, you know, there's a lot of women out there who feel shame that one, they can't lose the weight, right? We feel shame that maybe we, um, got divorced and, you know, you, and the, it was the divorce was your idea and everyone's like, Oh, so-and-so is such a great person. How could you divorce them? Um, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of, things you can feel shame around that um and maybe there's shame that like you know julie talked about this unspoken thing that you might not you know ever remember um that happened to you um that maybe happened at such a young age you don't even know how to articulate it yeah it's it's interesting like stuff that does come up and again it's not that it's not that i need to know Right. It's more because it supports you on the back end. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, like anything, many of us don't give ourselves enough patience to make the transformation. You know, we say, I want the transformation, but, you know, we think it's Amazon Prime. Like, I talk about it on a Monday. You always say and, that. And I love that you always say that. Yeah. Because it's like, everyone thinks that they wake up on Monday and by Friday, if it's not on my front, front doorstep, ringing my doorbell, then... I'm a loser. And so then by next Monday, you're off looking for the next shiny object to save you from yourself. Mm-hmm. And then the second place is that we don't give ourselves grace. Like, you know, like, okay, maybe I told myself I was going to have one more glass of water this week and I just didn't do it. Then all of a sudden, like you make it more like I suck. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's like nothing has a meaning until you give it a meaning. Right. And, you know, that there for me, like, was a lot of woo. And it just took me, like, with the first conversation that I ever had about just kind of, like, releasing my guilt about, you know, I couldn't get shit done. Like, my my programming was I had to be productive. Like, that was my programming. And if I didn't hit all the check marks, then it was a shit week. And that was, like, one of the biggest things that I had to just, like, release. 
And that was really hard. That was just so hard because you're so like, you want to like, hold on to it because you've held on to it for so long. Right. You know, I think about, I always, I think about when people are holding on to so much other random stuff. It's like, you know, you go to the grocery store and you're like, I'm going to the grocery store and I'm picking up carrots and I'm picking up milk. And then you walk through the store and then you're like, oh, we need this. We need that. And you're just next thing you know, like instead of getting a basket, you're like trying to juggle all the things up to the front counter. Mm And so that was me. I had to like juggle everything to the front damn counter. And I remember the first coach to me said, well, Kim, what if you just did three things a day? That was scary as hell. I was like, what? Did you start progressing towards that? She was like, well, she asked me, she's like, could you just go cold cold turkey? You know, she's like, hey, today's Thursday. She's like, I want you to think, she's like, between now and Monday, I just want you to write your to-do list instead of writing 50 things that you have to get done in a day. Could you write three? Uh-huh. She's like, still put the 50 on there. She goes, but highlight the three things that you're like, these are the things I'm going to get done and focus on. And I was like, you know, of course I was like, you don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know what I'm capable of, what I can do. <laughs> right. And so like, you know, I, I want people to know, like, I, I'm the biggest skeptic out there. Like I am always waiting for the other shoe to drop. I am waiting for someone to kidnap me and put me in a container truck. That is <laughs> me. So for me to make like what, like when I started working on my mindset, it was just really re- like, I'm like a freaking like tough nut to crack. Like you have to bring a sledgehammer Amen. and a backhoe. And Amen. so when that was like really eye opening for me that I was like, I was, and she's like, once you get those three things done, check with your energy. If you feel like you have a fourth in you, do that fourth. And that was just like the thing that just like, like blew my mind that I did those three and I felt really accomplished. And I was like, you know, do I want to do that fourth thing? And it was like, it was really like interesting that I asked myself the question. I didn't just dive in. I was like, ask the self. She said, ask the question. And from that moment on, I was like, I have to start asking myself questions versus just being so used to doing the things. Right. Like, Oh, I checked off three. Let's go. Yeah. And I was, so it was, you know, for those people listening, like this isn't an, trust me, like I said, I got a whole steamer chunk of shit still working on. Who doesn't first of all, like, I want to be like, I always say this to my clients. I'm like, I wish you all could hear each other. Like, I just wish you could. Yes. You wouldn't feel so alone in terms of like, everybody has stuff. Right. We all have stuff. And it's like, I feel like, you know, social media has kind of like put on these like rose colored glasses because it's like, you know what? My house isn't, my house is never going to be clean. I I, I posted on my story today. There is, um, there was a a video uh, about how you fold your sports bras and fold all of your, um, all of your workout gear. I was like, no, uh, I ball my bras up in a ball and throw it in a drawer. Oh, you might have to a drawer. Right. That's how, that's how I, I will fold my leggings, but like, I'm not going to fold my bras. I don't fold my underwear either. Like that's just oh. who I, I'm not that person, but there are people out there who that person and like social media makes me think, well, should I? I'm like, no, hard. No, no. If it doesn't feel good. No. And it doesn't mean no. anything wrong with you either. If right. You're doing that. My drawers are like an awesome game of lost and found every single time I get dressed. Well, let me ask you this, though. What do you do with socks? Do you match socks? I do match socks because I do do match socks because I have 500 pairs of white socks, all different flavors. 
Okay, because so many people don't match socks and just pick any two and wear them. And I'm like, that I can't do for some reason. If I ha- if I like double down on like one brand of sock, I could do that. Yes. But I have like so many different socks that it would just make me crazy. Like one's more cushy, one's a little bit more thinner. Yes. Like that yes. would make me crazy. I'm the same way too, because I see people and I'm like, I can't, I mean, I can't do that. That, fe- that would feel weird on yes. my feet. If it was like the same brand, like I have Bomba socks. Bomba is a Bomba. So if it was two Bomba socks and one was purple and one was green, I could do it. Yeah. But if one was a Bomba and one was like a thinner sock, the whole day I would be off. That's a lot. Yeah. That was curious. Just because you brought that up. I'm like, oh, I'm curious. Because I literally, I went to someone's house the other day and they had on two different ones. And I was like, how do you do that? Yeah, no, that, that that's that, that's unholy for me. That's unholy for me. Like <laughs> my husband, and it's funny, like my husband hates to match socks. He'll fold all the laundry and leave a pile of socks. Interesting. And I'm like, and I find that relaxing. Like I'll just like like watch TV and I'll like match socks. Like that's relaxing for me. I like it too. Like I don't, yeah, I don't mind laundry, but it's funny because there are people that just don't. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, my laundry is like literally sitting in a pile for like the past week. It's fine. Always, always. Yeah, and my my bag is still like I went away oh this weekend. I my bag's probably gonna sit there for a good another. Well, I'm going away in a couple of weeks, so it's probably gonna sit there until I go away. That's what I. Do. And then I'll just unpack what I haven't. When out. you're ready, when you're ready, it's just yeah. waiting for the next trip. It is just waiting for the next trip. Like my trip was in April. I probably would go away, but eh, it's in two weeks. Yeah, you're fine. You don't have I love it. But yeah, I I love that I I love this because I feel like you know as you were saying as I'm taking in this information. So you said I, I don't remember I don't remember the numbers, but like it was like two million pieces of information, and only like a million get through. What happens to the other million? Does it go into storage somewhere? Yeah. So what happens is so it's two point three million bits per second that come through your senses. Um. So uh, like what you hear, what you see, what you touch, you know, what you smell, what you taste. And so then it goes through a process where it, your brain, it like deletes information. Like it just deems it unnecessary. So it gets rid of it. It distorts information if it doesn't match your expectations or it generalizes information. And then it goes through filters of like um, beliefs, value, identity, that stuff to give you, you're only left with 126, 126 bits of information consciously, which is still too much for your conscious mind to handle. It's kind of crazy. It is. I mean, I always knew that like, you know, and you know, you're taking stuff that you don't even realize, like, you know, like I'm seeing that there's a light there. I'm seeing that yes. my phone is right here. Like I'm seeing that there's a post-it note there. And like some of it, I'm just kind of discrediting it because it's just been there for forever. Yeah. And like, if your computer is making like a humming noise, like that's something else, you know, there's things you're taking in. Like we just don't consciously even like think of it. Or like, I, I remember when I would work at the gym, like when you first got to work, you heard the music. And then by the end of your shift, unless it was like a, an abrupt music change, you never heard it. It was just like yeah. in the background. Yeah. So, so many things like, let's say if there was a dog barking across the street or like in the distance, like you're picking that up, but it's not like bothering you. Right. It, right. It's just, there's so many things coming, but you're only left with 126 bits of information because yeah, the conscious mind will like store things or delete things. Yeah. No, and I and I really like that. So if like someone was like, you know, saying, you know what, this is like pretty fascinating, pretty interesting. What was like, so I'm going to say from two perspectives. One, I'm like, you know what, that's really fascinating. I really have some, I know I have some shit that I need to unpack. You know, what, how would I work with you on that? 
Yeah. So right now my hypnotherapy program, I say hypnotherapy, but we do a couple modalities in there. Uh, I do eight session and 12 session packages because your first three sessions, it's like a deep dive. We're getting to the root of some things. Uh, the second session we're doing some like timeline therapy. So we're releasing a lot of the emotional charges behind feelings mm. so that, um, let's say there's a feeling of fear or something like that. It's not to say you'll never feel a feeling again, you're a human being, right? But, right. Um, the emotional charge, it goes away, which means you can meet things now with the neutral energy when you feel that feeling, which allows you to take different actions and then get different results. So that's the second session. Um, I do breath work, hypno breath work in the third. Mm. So it's like, I do eight and 12 session packages. And so, and I always do free consults with people because when it comes to hypnosis, I always say there's three things for you to be successful. One, you need to feel in trust with who you're working with. Yeah. That's why if someone jumps on a consult and they don't feel good working with me, I would never take offense because it's your, yeah. it's not mine. And I'm happy to refer to other people. So I say there's that. And you also need to be just like open, um, open to the change. I'm sorry, mm. open to the process. Yeah. You really want the change. Like those three things. Um, yeah. So yeah, I always say like a free consult just to like jump on and chat. Um, and because hypnosis is still, like you said, it can be woo-woo and skeptical to people. So I want to provide the space for people to ask questions too. Right. And then the second place is someone who's like, you know what, this sounds really interesting. And I've always been interested in any variation, the NLP stuff, the EFT stuff, or the hypnosis stuff, you know, how would someone like kind of go down that path? Yeah. So now I can teach, train and certify other people. I do have a coaching certification program. We're currently in the first cohort. So we just, we had our second call last night. Um, and my goal is to run it once a year. So the next one will be 2024 because it's going to be a, a like a year long program. Whereas the beginning yep. of the year, it's like the learning and you get certified by the end of June. Right. Summer off for integration. But then I really want to add a post-grad component because it's like, yeah. you know, after graduation, it's like, great. See you later. Congratulations. Yeah, exactly. And then you're in the real world and there's going to be things like, well, how, how do I implement this into my business? And these things are coming up. And so it's going to be like a more mastermindish in the fall with your peers that you went through to support you in post-grad. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that because I always feel like every, you know, certification program out there is like, okay, in these X number of weeks, you'll be able to do A, B, and C, but then they're like, yeah, goodbye. And no one, right. And no one like ever, it's like, okay, so now that you know all this stuff, how do you actually apply it in the real world? Because it's yeah. like, because I remember when I did my, you know, personal story, personal uh, training certification, like no one ever said like, this is how you train people like no. half the shit in, in my certification. I'm like, I don't talk about this with my clients at all, mm -hmm. yep. ever. Yep. And so like, no one ever came to me and be like, okay, you have a stressed out 50 year old woman and you're trying to like do all this stuff with her. Like mm -hmm. she just wants you to talk to her. Like no one ever shared that with you. Nope, not at all. And with like, when I went through my training, we didn't have like practice part. Like I'm also doing practice partners so they can, they're required to have yeah. hours outside of our live calls to be continuously practicing because yeah. I really want to set them up for success. Um, and like, we do have business coaching calls that are optional throughout the program, like now, 
Um, but yeah, it's the post-grad when you're like out in reality, out doing this stuff. It's like the things that come up, you want to be able to have a space to continuously like get the support and ask questions. Yeah. And I love that you're throwing in the practice because, you know, even when I did my coaching certification, like there was no practice. Like I had a practice client, but there was no like pre before you were like set out into the world. Like, and I was fortunate that I was already training. So I already knew how to have clients. But if I didn't know how to have clients, I'd be like, um, hi, Julie, um, I'm Kim and we're going to coach. It would have been so freaking awkward. Right. Yeah. It'd be hard. And so like I'll do breakout rooms with them on our live calls, but I was like, no, like I think I put in eight to 10 hours or like practice partner hours where like you do have to continuously practice because like it's just going to make you feel better. And yeah, exactly. And more confident because it's like, you know, like you said, you walked the first time you decided to really do this work, you walked in the room and you were like, everyone's going to know, everyone's going to know that I don't know what I'm doing. No idea what I was doing. So yeah, so I, I, I firmly believe in that um and I think they start their practice partners like next week so it'll be yeah it'll just be like fun to see how it unfolds yeah and it also just I think for me personally I know on my journey building my business it's really nice to meet friends yes who are like in the same place as you so that like as you grow your business it's like oh my god do you remember when we didn't know shit <laughs> and you're able to like yeah. connect or like just questions, you know, like I have like a mini mastermind and like someone's like, oh, MailChimp start charging more money. Like, what yeah. do you use? Like, yeah, you that have people you... to connect with. Yeah. It's important. Like, just like when we're talking about fitness competitions, like you have that community, right. like it also creates that community with the like-minded people. It's important. Right. So you don't, so you don't feel stupid if you ask, you know, a question that you think like someone, are, like well, someone already knows that answer and it's, yeah. it's well beyond them. So yeah. Julie, so we talked about how you can meet people. You're very active on the socials. Where can people find you on the socials? Very active on the socials. I feel like Instagram is like my main jam. Um, so what is my handle? Julie.m.costa. M as in Mary. Uh, and then it's also the same on TikTok too. Julie.m.costa. But I feel like Instagram's easier if like you want to have a conversation. Oh my right? God, yeah. Than TikTok. So I always say like Instagram is like my main jam. Yeah, because it's so easy to go down a rabbit hole on TikTok. Oh my god! So I I refrain, and I only try to do it like once a day. Yeah, yeah. I give myself like a fifteen minute like timer because it's so easy to be down a rabbit hole of like all the things there. So easy. So yeah, Instagram. Yeah, hanging out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this. this. Was just absolutely fabulous. And for those of you guys listening, I hope that this kind of gave you a bridge to be like, you know, maybe some of the patterns that you're repeating. It's not you. It's, you know, it's that programming that is one supposedly kind of keep supposed to keep you safe, but it's also preventing you probably from living your best life. So if you want to unpack any of that, please speak with Miss Julie. You can find her on the gram. All of her stuff will be in the show notes and reach out to our follower because she does a lot of great little tidbits in her um, social media. Yay. Julie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you've made it this far, yay. I'm thinking you enjoyed the show. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at Kim Jefferson Coach. In order for me to keep sharing this message, do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. New episodes are available every Wednesday. 
The Fit Girl Magic Podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions about your health. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much. Thank you.